Cradleine Network. Alongside my friend Fox, this is the 275th episode of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans are to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for May and June 1993, progs 836 to 839. This time, we're rolling forward with Firekind, Armored Gideon, Closing Down Kano, and Thrilling to the return of the Muzak Killer and chilling to the start of Tharg's Terror Tales. Well, you see what your problem here is. You got these good progs all mixed up with these bad progs, and it's causing the engine to kind of flood. So what we're going to do here is we're going to shut it all down, and then we're just going to focus on the good ones here, right? We're going to give them some space to breathe and maybe just, you know, fast forward through the 90s. Sadly, Fox, bad thrills are like sugar in a gas tank. Once you get, once your system gets infected, <laughs> that's basically all you can, all you've got. You've oh, got like your SOL. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, and if you want to along, and if you want to sample our the sugar flavored gas tank of uh, 2000 AD, you can find the a lot of the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd: The Complete Case Files 32, The Complete Bad Company, The Fire Kind Collection, and The Judge Dredd Magazine 322. Yeah, it was, anyway, it, this yeah. is not th- this is not the worst month this year. Nah, of of canonically this year that we've done. So there's that. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I'm putting I believe a marker you, you in this told one. me you told me that there was actually an index, right? A Prague index where it's like we actually read the worst, literally yeah, the worst yeah. Prague. Yeah, there's a there's a a thread in um, on the 2080 forums um, where they basically um, actually friend of the show Lay Shepard sort of like busted out like a a. a a Tharg rating or like a numerical rating of thrill power. Get out within, your protractors. Within a prog, exactly. And the the absolute decimal lowest one was um I wanna say eight twenty eight or something like 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 an episode or two ago. Yeah, one where, where we, we had were like having Kelly a really bad time. and Bradley and all of that stuff and I mean we just couldn't stop bitching. Yeah. I like to all you Bradley heads out there, that says something. Just Quality li- raises up a little bit, but then there's also a really dire period in like the 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 880s and 890s. I think just to give you an idea. Uh, I'm just also, all I'm saying is that uh, the determining factor there is likely the Bradley story. Mm, I mean, it definitely doesn't like, you help. Know how sometimes doesn't there's help. something that's like a like a beat sweetener. You know, like I'll toss oh. this in. It was a beat sour, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I will say also, uh, someone else recently, sh- I forget who, and I'm really sorry, um, just just pointed me to a graph of, like, it, it, it was basically a graph of, like, breaking down 2000 AD by, like, 50 progs, essentially. Okay. And then how many stories from those progs had been collected in something, Ooh, basically. Oh, that actually, that's probably telling as hell. Yeah, I feel like it it's extremely telling and like this like 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 this period of like 
850 and then like sort of 900 to 950 are like the least collected is the least collected period are, are you telling me that there's no collections of uh bad company kano anywhere there there are well no bad company is one of the ones that gets collected i think because of the pedigree oh. of bad company for instance so they still get the kano one yeah, and like Firekind, uh, honestly, Firekind like, deserves a pretty, it. Firekind, this is a pretty deserves. well connected. Although actually, Firekind not very well collected in the past. There's a really new, like digital only um, collection version of it, but I mean, like until then, it was just an extreme edition. There wasn't really. There's never been like a Firekind graphic novel, I guess. Oh sure. Well, I mean, it's it'd be a very thin graphic novel, I think. But. I mean, that's the nature of all 2080 collections, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, unless you're a long-running story, they can put a big omnibus about. A lot of your 2008 bookshelves relatively thin. I mean, even like Zenith, you know, like a Zenith story is like ten issues or something. You got yeah. whatever. I mean, Zenith, anyway, that is far worth it. Far more worth it than some yeah. of these. Absolutely. Looking at you, hey, Jeroboam. Speaking of these of these fond memories of stories, Fox. <laughs> Let's Ugh. talk about some of Dredd's memories with Thrill One, Judge Dredd. Yucks. This is just, this is all just for the yucks. Mm. Script robot Mark Miller and Garth Ennis. Art robot Ron Smith and Dermot Power. Letting robot Tom Frame. Hey, he's back, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, I took a brief vacation um, these last couple weeks, but now he is good to go. All right, so... First story, we're continuing from last episode. Mega City 1, it's been through a tough time, of course. Not a lot of judges left on the street. And because of all the apocalypses and whatnot. And now part of the city has fallen to anarchy. And they're just these jerks making vomit-based threats to citizens and all Ugh. kinds of stuff like that. Yep. But, you know, hey, sometimes things are okay because Judge Dredd shows up. Surrender or die, meatheads. And let me tell you, die is on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The locals decide not to surrender, so Dredd goes to work. Um, but we also see that, uh, from, continuing from last episode, there's a new craze in Mega City 1 of stealing people's memories for fun. And this one dude wants Dredd memory, Dredd's memories, so Dredd, he's, you know, busy taking out just whole city blocks of dudes. He sends a car with a big saw blade flying and cutting people in half. It's pretty awesome. You know, but uh, then, okay, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push up my glasses that I don't have mm. uh, uh, up to the bridge of my nose. Uh, actually, um, it's not actually stealing memories. It's cloning them because the person who gets them stolen from doesn't actually lose those memories. So <sighs> you're right. I just like stealing more. I guess. I don't know. That seems more fun. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it feels like a theft when really it's because that brings me into a couple of like, I don't know, cyberpunk movies of like, like the like Johnny Mnemonic, wherever you or I guess, you know, short stories, too, I guess. But Johnny Mnemonic, where he likes trades his memories to get what in 2021 seems like a pretty insignificant amount of file storage um, no. using his brain. I think that's just like more about like. Johnny or, or again, Strange Days, which is all about like, oh, I don't know, that's a deep VR, VR memory thing. Yeah, we talked about it last time. Listen, okay, movie. I remember being a young, uh, a young dude being very into, um, like, there's a trailer for it in a movie theater that's like, just like Ralph. Ralph Ralph Fiennes talking to the camera and being very cool. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a cool thing. Anyway. <laughs> Breaking um, the fourth wall. Yeah, man. He's talking to you. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, these guys fly by and they clone some of Dredd's memories and that downs the lawman momentarily, allowing the perps to flee to flee with their lives. And Dredd gets called back to control where we sort of uh, where those memory thieves that got arrested last time, including the ones whose legs Dredd uh, shot off, have sort of squealed and revealed the whole um, the whole shebang. Oh yeah, no, a man got his legs buzz sawed off. Well, that, no, no, that's the oh, guy. He just right. lost no. his legs because yeah, Dredd right, right. shot him off. But they definitely have knocked all of his teeth out during um, interrogation. Back at the country club, we see that lead rich guy have the dudes that stole Dread memories thrown out a window, stole Dread's memories, and then he plugs them in and goes to sample the memories of Dread. I, I do like how the uh, when his head explodes, Conrad, which I know you're about mm-hmm. to get to, that his eyes don't explode, they just pop out like little... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he, he, this causes a bad reaction, and indeed, his head just freaking pops like a, like it's, uh, like, like a firework, it's pretty excellent. It's the chin that contains them, you know? Absolutely, yeah, come on. Dread bursts in and arrests everybody, and he says that all of his memories are bad, and that creep wasn't tough enough to handle him. He's had no good memories. Thanks, no, Judge. absolutely none. See, I would have had him punching someone and say, memories are made of this. That's, oh. a, <laughs> that's a missed pun opportunity, honestly. It's because Mark Miller's still a young guy. He doesn't know all these references, I guess. But speaking of references to the past, Fox. Oh, oh. yes. Oh, yes. Muzak, baby! Mm. A young man works out muscularly in prison. It's Marty Zipak, the Muzak killer. We... Last saw him killing caricatures of pop stars in 1991. And speaking of 1991, he seems to have gotten a bunch of tattoos that very closely mimic Robert De Niro's from the 1991 Cape Fear remake. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I've I've seen both, right? Cape mm-hmm. Fear, great film. Like especially yeah. the older one, really great. Like there's a lot of tension in it. And yeah, great Robert lighting. Mitchum, always a big yeah. fan. Yeah, um, but the Robert De Niro one, fantastic. Really fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I also like it Back just when because homage of is, when, when you could remake a film and it was an homage as opposed to mm. a soft reboot, which is disgusting. Yes. Well, you know, that need for cinematic universes, etc. Also yeah. big fan of the uh, of the De Niro one because it um, inspired the Wyatt family, one of my favorite um, pro wrestling gimmicks from the last oh, couple really? of years. Yeah, there's this big dude. Imagine like like a a large dude with a big beard who basically just talks like like Robert De Niro in uh in Cape Fear. That kind of like southern accent, getting real weird about the universe. Man, I'm gonna stuff, watch basically. Cape Fear today with my wife. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, do it. Watch Strange Days too. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We also see him getting beaten up nakedly and called a sad oh, little spugger. Listen, and a who in the doesn't like a muscular nude fight in the shower? It's fucking Ender's Game in here. Mm-hmm. Then at the uh, book Ender's Game reference. Then at the prison yard, a hover car comes flying in, guns blazing, and a dude that's pretty clearly based on Robert Smith from The Cure grabs Epoch, says, I'm Indiana Sato. I'm beep, a big fan. Beep, 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 beep. I've waited hours for this. They fly off, and oh, we're now pretty. Okay. We're basically about to be neck deep in caricatures of 1993 musical Axe Fox. 
Um, I was not fully online for pop culture in 93 and am like a big, like, I don't know, Luddite or something. I don't know these famous people, Fox. Especially when there's, because they're also like, some, many of them are also English famous people from that era. So I was not set up. Um, <laughs> but I went to the internet to get descriptions. And so I'd really like to thank everybody who helped me identify these folks. And there's a lot of them because this post got, got pretty big. But uh, Colin Terrell... Colin Taylor, Michael Briggs, Ben McLaughlin, Alan Jackson, Filippo Ronco, Peter Adamson, Julius Howe, the homie Stephen Reed, Greg Meldra, Matthew Holmes, Sim Selexia, Jim Taylor, Richie Flannery, Paul Allen, Roland Ungood Thomas, Elliot Anderson Carroll, Gussie Yale, Jeff Tilly, Adrian Bamford, Jamie Richards, Dan Van Heswick, and the Indomitable Willie Rustle. And I'm sorry if I missed anybody else who commented on those thrills, but thank you so much for helping me figure all this stuff out because there's a lot of these guys. Jesus. But um, yeah, anyway, sorry. No. <laughs> there's a lot of like people Dang. talking about different things and putting in opinions and stuff, and I really appreciated it. Um, I love the so gear. So before they can. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said I love the gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So before they can get away, though, their strato their strato rover gets shot down by a passing Judge Dredd and goes to crash. And it's mentioned that the pilot also looks a lot like uh, Kurt Cobain, which makes this sort of have an un- be uncomfortable in about a year, not well, the first time, you know, or, or not, not the last time this will happen. Of course, of this story. Actually. I mean, listen, I, I uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've watched some like older films that take place in New York. You know, that's always a mm. kind of a bad feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. So at Indy's apartment in Peel Acres, and that's the name of the cottage and recording studio of UK disc jockey John Peel, the two guys are cleaning up. And while Indy, Indy Sato, by the way, whatever, think about it. Um, he thinks a lot of the new bands out there are cool. Zipak hates them all. They're all music. The only mute. Music is only cool when it's old. Well, but then how does it become old if it doesn't exist first? I feel like, I mean, there's there's some commentary. Shut up. How about that? Yeah, exactly. There's some commentary (laughs) in here, but we all know that the Muzak Killer is just that asshole. You know, I got it on vinyl and that's why it's more important. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't agree with Marty here, but I do. Now that I've gotten older, I've also kind of realized that like the quote unquote alternative music of my past was in fact just another branch of the big music industry, I guess. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, there are artists, right? There are real artists Mm -hmm. out there, right? All all people making music are artists. That doesn't mean that it's not fueled by the disgusting capitalist system that's going to eventually consume uh, the entire planet. Mm. I'm just saying that I'm more willing to sort of move a pop star I might have discounted into a an artistic realm versus that making me think of like, I don't know, the artists of my youth sort of Listen, moving them down to a pop star her, realm. Her name is Taylor it. Swift and she's a national treasure. Shake it off, buddy. I could never tell if that 22 song was from the perspective of someone who was 22 or remembering when they were 22, Fox. I mean, I'm listen, I just, I just have rude bling in my head all the time. Mm. Um, so it seems like the mu- – so, I mean, and we talked about this as well, or this was like sort of the the final uh, moral of that first Muzak killer story, which is that the music in- Muzak industry has continued basically unaffected while Zipak was in jail, even after killing a bunch of them. All the press com- coverage from his rampage makes sure to call him sad and like, you know, a little jerk or whatever else. Yeah, K-Pax even was Dredd a bad calls film. Even Dredd that. Mm. 
Whoa. I mean Z-Pac, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at the flat, they're watching uh, my favorite TV channel, KXPZ, all exposition television. Uh, but then they switch <laughs> <laughs> just for coverage of their prison escape and stuff. But then they switch to the music channel where a dude whose bright teal suit makes me think that he was a send-up of American VJ Kurt Loder, but is a- actually a, a send-up of his UK counterpart, Terry Christian and says all the hottest bands are going to be here tonight and Z-Pac says all right it's time for us to become vid stars he does have a k-pax look to him though right like with the trench coat and everything i mean it feels just like a 93 look like there's a lot of trench coats in it like in this pre-columbine era you know oh like, god to, yeah to be cool you got to be in a trench coat in this time like hopefully preferably leather i feel like um, <laughs> god it really, it's not a breathing material, you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's for warmth, I guess. But, like, in comics, like, I feel like... Uh, I, I know in American comics, increasingly, everybody's either in a trench coat or, like, you're, like, Cyclops in it and you got this coat that kind of, like, stops, like, like With a, a little collar. bit above your waist or yeah. something like yep, that. Yep, Definitely yep. pop collar. Like, you're, you're, you're gambiting it, basically. You've well, kind of got, maybe, I mean, you, maybe you've got a superhero suit, but you're also wearing a cool coat over the superhero well, suit. Well, I guess that right? was kind of like, like Punisher's look for the longest time was a trench coat. Yeah, that now that, yeah. that, that motherfucker doesn't wear a trench coat ever. Well, you know, whatever the the realities of the of the thing of a jigs. So the music killer, he's on the loose fox. He's starting with music journalist David O. Stern. And what's who, with the flower? Can you explain that to me? I, it's a Morrissey thing, is my understanding, because this character is like definitely looks like Morrissey and is a reference to him, or possibly. But like his music criticism is probably a reference to uh, an amalgam of music critic David Quantic and Steve Wells. Um, like Quantic uh, self-identified as being um, based on this guy because he just had a lot of negative reviews of like indie and alternative acts at this time, which is clearly what what Garth Ennis is into here. I mean, the thing is, is like criticism and what I, you know, because everybody hates a critic hashtag, right? Like. Criticism to me has always been what they don't talk about is praise. What they do talk about is like, I mean, as as basically critics of this comic, I've got a soft spot for it. I feel yeah, like. no, I I like and I, I think, like critics personally. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of times and I think this might be the case here. Um, criticism is one of those things where everybody loves a critic when they're sort of piling on something that nobody mm. likes, but can get in trouble when they talk about things that people do like, you know. Um, anyway, Z Fox just kills this guy with a chainsaw. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Dread investigates. Um, he says, Oh, Stern is all over the place, which I say a lot when I've had too much to drink, so I appreciate it. And wow. then they go and then gets more info on this uh, Indy Sado guy. Dread checks his apartment and theorizes that Indy is the one who called in the O Stern murder, possibly some dissension in the ranks here. Um, and uh, we see Indy indeed getting a bit nervous about all this murder and mayhem as they approach the uh, TV studio. I mean, he did know that this guy was a murderer, right? Yeah, that's like, true. the whole setup. It's, we love your it's work. out of the way. Yeah. We watch Never meet uh, your heroes. S- <laughs> seriously, or at least don't go on crime sprees with them. The uh, fair. They, 
there. Yeah, we see the start of this Word Up show again, which is based on the TV, on the on the British show The Word. Oh man, blah blah blah. Man, is his all of his limbs are gone because the new yeah. Florida Red Keys fucking thing is yeah, shark, shark wrestling. wrestling. It's so yeah, the, cool. The hosts are based on a Katie Puckrick and Amanda Decadney, and there's a limbless shark wrestler that might be based on actor Craig McLaughlin. While the Terry Christian copy interviews long-running Dread side character Conrad Kahn. Woo! That's a Conrad guy. Yeah, man. Who we're checking in on his career. You know, we've been checking on his in on his career now and then since Judge Cal. I feel like he was going to be involved with Cal's Judge Dredd movie. Um, at the apartment, Indy's building a device to keep the judges from scrambling the TV signal when they take the TV station over. As Zipak readies his guns and Dredd and Control both agree that it's going to have to wait for Marty to make the first move here. At the Word Up studio, the lads break off from a tour and get to work. Indy takes over the control room as Zipak garrotes Terry Chris and blows the top of Katie Puckrick's head off. Jesus. Pretty graphic here. Commentary. Yeah. Word up opens with Z-Pac on the couch as the host. And the judges can't can't jam the signal. There's a bunch of stars on this show tonight. And Z-Pac is going to be killing them all. So I I do honestly feel as though if... So if if I'm going to be showing up on this television show... To hawk my mm-hmm. book or my new album. And someone says, we're going to kill everybody. I just leave. But they don't. Yeah, like once once gunfire rages out, I'm going to stop taking part in the show. You know? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you know. Uh, God, I was about to say somebody who doesn't actually have a show anymore. Uh, but, the, uh, what you're, but I mean, you know, the counterpoint, I guess, is that these Muzak um, celebrities are such automatons. They don't even well, have the self-interest. Well, I mean, that's, that's really the that. whole fucking thing, isn't it? Like, hey, let's do some non-subtext and just make it text. These guys yeah. do anything for the views. They're stupid. Not like the people I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Got a big smile. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's dumb. This is dumb. I just know that Garth Ennis is into music of this era or something like, you know, like, and he's done in the past, too. And whatever, whatever I say, you know, um, we so Dread rushes the TV studio as Marty makes fun of Sinead O'Connor for having political views and then shoots her in the face. I don't know. And then we see some MC, some Mega City One goobers watching TV. Was it, was it Marty- Sinead O'Connor that ate the picture of the Pope? She ripped up a picture of the Pope on uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, I feel like she was vindicated in the, in in as time went by for that. Like that was something that oh, I feel yeah, like really you know. destroyed her career. But I think in 2021, you know, you can kind of look back on it and say like, yeah, okay, fair. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Like the Catholic, you know, whatever. Yeah, Let's not well, get into I, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're watching TV. So some goobers are watching TV as Marty shoots presenter Amanda Decadney in the head, but her brain's so small he keeps missing despite the headshots here. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Dread bursts into the studio as Richie Edwards of Ma- of Manic Street Preachers tries to prove he's for real by carving for real onto his forehead with a laser cutter. But of course, this kills him, and then we see that he's misspelled the word real. And 
This one is another kind of tough one because um, Edwards was both like a noted 2000 AD fan. So he would have seen like this sort of pretty mean like yeah. insult towards him. And then um, he mysteriously disappeared in the year 1995 and was not seen again until uh, the year 2000 or until he was declared dead in 2008 what? So sort of i don't know a tragic listen do, i i read that too and i was like why is there not a movie or a podcast about this holy shit <laughs> like it's the second fascinating disappearance of somebody that i've learned in the course of this podcast the other one was this um british prime minister that like went swimming and never came back basically well, I mean, or no Australi- just, australian prime minister i mean still, that just means probably, yeah they drowned yeah. That's probably a riptide. Actually, no, I think there was a. There's been a couple. I mean, a riptide's pretty. I fucking. I've seen videos of people in a riptide. Yeah. No, I just want to say that the com like the British Commonwealth in the 60s and 70s has a non a non zero amount of people that just decided to disappear and uh, it's are, the Russians. We're, 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 we're lost, you know, and I think it's interesting, and we don't talk about it enough. <laughs> anyway, um. So Dredd bursts into the control room and gun down and guns down Indy as Zipak shoots a lady based on Danny Minogue, sister of Kylie Minogue, who will remember Marty killed an equivalent of yep. Kylie Minogue in his first rampage. Dredd has this TV signal shut down and Zipak realizes that the jig is up, so he sinks my way until Dredd arrives and shoots him in the head. That's just sad, buddy. <laughs> sad creep. <laughs> Six weeks later, Marty is alive and in a padded cell. The bullet took out most of his frontal lobe, and now he's just content to sit in a padded cell and sing Kylie Minogue songs to himself. Mm. Whoa. Eh. Yeah. I don't know. It was fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, classic damning with faint praise. I love Dermot Powers' art here and some of the characters. Oh, was hell fun. yes. No, no, no. The art's but, fucking stellar. Yeah, but like the previous Muzak killer, this also feels like, like not it's, out it's of touch, hard. but like, but like mean spirited, or like it's hard yeah, to it's, it's it's hard to feel it like in ninety like in twenty twenty one, like based on twenty twenty on nineteen ninety three musical tastes and stuff like that. It's it's hard for me to tell if this is taking the piss or if it's just being mean spirited, you know. Yeah, and like it just—it also just kind of feels like I don't know, like uh, a Judge Dread version of just that cool kid in the music store or something. That's uh, like it, like how how much are you being a critic, you know? Else, yeah, it's just and like I don't know, like listen, as someone who likes whatever music that 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 is maybe not like what a cool dude in you know 1993 that's doing that's got a lot of, of uh, signifiers and stuff would be into <laughs> like i don't know it's um whatever like i don't know my my early 90s has a lot of like uh what u2 and then a lot of like a uh, female singer like you know i just i just got back into listening to a lot of cheryl crow recently like whatever mine, mine was like, all the beatles because that's my my mother would just play the old Mm-hmm. the car the Absolutely. whole time but not not the fun psychedelic shit just like the boy band pops <laughs> i like the mid-level like i'd say no, like, i mean i'm full into the acid trip you guys are you guys are a space Absolutely. case that's my yeah, favorite that's the, shit. that's the conrad fox design or or divide i think honestly mm-hmm. like i'm more of a rubber soul man but anyway 
<laughs> hey, speaking of souls made out of unusual objects, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this, Conrad, and it's the one nice thing I'm going to say about it. The opening mm-hmm. for this next thrill, it was cute. Mm. Thrill to Armored Gideon. I liked the, I, I, I like the, you it's know. It's okay. If, thank you. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I mean. It's like, I just you know don't what? like that it, like, there's just, there's all these things where, like, because I feel like we've seen this joke in the course of Armored oh, Gideon. So, oh, sorry. So, uh, this joke script, has yeah. played out in multiple fucking thrills. Yeah. <laughs> Script robot John Tomlinson, art robot Simon Jacob, letting robot Annie Parkhouse. So this one starts with the, a monologue by this dude, Valther, to face Lord of Demons. And again, it's just a page of him talking tough and being very demony. And then Armored Gideon shows up and annihilates him. I, I, this is so the 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 high note for me is like, oh, cool. The robot's going to be fighting demons now. Nope. Nope. I mean, he fights him, but nope. he fucking just fucking one-shots nope. him constantly. Well, you know, that's the thing. But that's, like, it's fine. But it's just, it's just like, one no, One-shots let's... everything. Fucking one-shots the resolution of this plot, Fox, oh, all right? Spoilers I mean, listen, for a couple of minutes from now. God. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I'm just like, it's <laughs> it's so infuriating. Because I, I wouldn't mind, honest to God, wouldn't mind six pages of a robot one-shotting uh, demons in different ways. I'll be yes. I'll be honest. Like I could I, agree. I could read that for like, you know, five progs. I mean, I'd 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 read an episode or I'd read an, an episode that was just sort of a, a a bunch of different cool demon scenarios and yeah. just one shotting them. Yeah. But no, okay. So let's go into church, exposition. Yeah. So at the church of Our Lady of the Tortured Plot, J. Tomlinson Re- uh, Rector, which is another one of these like you, I re- you can't lampshade that things don't l- like this kind of stuff, guys. You aren't good enough for it, frankly. Yeah. Um, Frank White's and his crew, including editor Naomi, know-it-all kid alone, and interdimensional night dude Alder Finn Hawker, have burst in to see a fully assembled and talking armored Jeribal. Indeed, he's talking in complete sentences like. Some some kind of upper-class fop wizard, and Hawker identifies him as actually Jeroboam's possessed by the spirit of necromancer Thurston, bookwise. Yeah, it seems he's been incarnated into Jeroboam's body as part of the spells that the Tabernacle of the Red Dawn were doing, and they are not pleased about it. It's time for a fight, as Keith the evil sorcerer tries to banish Bookwise, but he's not feeling it, and Bookwise calls him an amateur. Bookwise slash Jeroboam says his own spell, summoning a gross fat demon from a cellulite dimension, which is where all the fat goes when you lose it, and kills all the tabernacle guys. Anyway, let's get going before Gideon shows up. Oh no, there he is! There he is in the smallest possible panel of this thrill four different talking like speech bubbles four mm, yep there it's like three quarters of the entirety of the thing and i'm like you really need to say that much in the tiny little gotta yeah people gotta they need these words okay fox <laughs> So the Jeroboam, he's possessed by a medieval necromancer, Thurston Bookwise, and he's just been punched across town by Gideon. It's sort of generally robot fighting time, but we don't really focus on that much. No, why, why sure focus on the fucking robot fight? We have to talk about things like this yeah. nagging woman who no one likes and a psychic photographer who, quite frankly, neither no psychic nor mm. takes photographs. 
not taking a lot of photographs here. Soon they're attacked by tiny, tiny frog demons. And anyway, after getting punched a few times, Bookwise decides to drop some magic on Gideon, trying to turn him into a peaceful dove, but instead turning him into a giant murder penguin. Which is cool. That'd be cool to see more of that. Yeah. Hawker is slashing through demons at a rate of knots as the car drives through town. Meanwhile, Alona has snagged the tabernacle's magic book and cauldron, and she goes to try to recall Bookwise's spirit as the necromancer once again tries magic on Gideon, this time turning him into a giant rat monster. Meanwhile, Whites and Co. are in the midst of being devoured by some kind of many-faced ultra-demon. Anyway, Bookwise remains pursued by Gideon as Hawker cuts through this big demon, and Frank and Naomi, of course, keep bickering, but the car is sinking into that gross demon body, so they gotta go. Uh, Meanwhile, Bookwise tries to magic-armored Gideon once more, this time turning him into a talking Trixie doll, and at least now it says more than just annihilate. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. Hi, I'm Trixie. I walk, I talk. Will you be my friend? Annihilate! Although you got to imagine it's weirder because it's also that, but like with an English accent. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I'm not going to. Oh, I'm talking Trixie. (laughs) Oh, I'm talking Trixie. I see. I'm just going to be. I got (laughs) (laughs) it. I like especially like UK listeners. I'm sorry. I am sorry. We're sorry. I'm not sorry. He's not sorry. Fight me. Fight me, British (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Um, Bookwise casts another spell to warp Gideon away, but he just warps back to normal instead and starts blasting. The car keeps sinking and the team's forced to abandon it as Gideon punches Bookwise into the side of the One Canada Square building at Canada at a cannery wharf in London, which I mostly know from Doctor Who, Fox. There's a big battle there with Cybermen and Daleks and shit. Although, okay. I'll also mention that Cannery Wharf itself is on the Isle of Dogs in London, which was the first That's base awesome. of uh, Bill Savage. No, you said, yeah. you said Isle of Dogs. Now I'm very excited. I'm in now. Mad dogs, yeah. <sighs> the crew gets engulfed in jerk demons as the robots prepare to show down on the skyscraper's roof. And then on the roof, they do fight. But when Gideon grapples Jeroboam slash Bookwise, there's a massive explosion. Somebody somebody was watching Ghostbusters while they wrote this or drew Mm, it. Very likely. Yeah. There's a pretty sweet double spread page spread here, actually, but just a tower of light over a demon filled London. I like that a lot. I, I honestly it's 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 a contender for some of the best art. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, this was great. But then suddenly the sun, the sun rises over a demon-free London with Gideon alone on the roof of the tower. The day is saved. And of course, Naomi is still pissed at Frank, but she'll have to take a number because now Gideon's just arrived to finish things with him. Man, whatever. Next time, breakfast in the ruins. <sighs> it's not good. I just, I feel like they're rushing through. Yeah. Well, there's possible one or two good jokes here, but like, again, it's just, I think they're focusing on jokes that I'm not a huge fan of, basically. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I get it, right? Like, you want to have some levity, but like, every page has to have a yuck, you know? Or Mm. I would even say every frame. Every frame needs a joke. No, they're de- yeah, they're definitely laying them on here for sure. And so to me at that point, then things stop becoming funny. It's kind of like, you know, telling someone I love you every five minutes. It's like, OK, well, thanks. 
You know, I, it's just it, it's just like a, you need some breathing room and mm -hmm. they're not. And, and what they're using for breathing room is like, oh, yeah. Also, there's a robot that does a fighting. And it's like, well, but right. that's what I'm that's what I'm reading Armored Gideon for. Be perfectly frank. Mm. Like when you told me robot butt kills demons, I was like, I'm mm. in. I'm very in. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I, when you say that, you imagine that's going to be more focused on the actual robot itself, you know? No, that you get more of that from ABC Warriors, which literally doesn't talk about demons, but does, like, it just has so much right. more awesome than this. And they still fit in a joke once in a while, and you're like, oh, joke! Yeah. I enjoyed thus that. thus far, like, we've been so focused on the humans, and they've done so little in terms of the overall plot for things, yeah. you know? Like... Definitely at this point, you could have cut all of the Frank and crew oh, parts of this God. story and basically have the same story. Like you It's know. fucking very true. Yeah, I don't know. Meh. Whatever. But speaking of stories reaching their conclusions, Fox. Oh, man. Ah, oh, God. And ridiculous full page spreads right at the end, actually. A knife going through someone's bottom jaw into mm. the top of their nose. God, it's so good. Drill three, fire kind. Fuck. Script about John Smith, art robot Paul Marshall, letting robot Steve Potter. Just fuck. <laughs> anyway, I'm 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 not gonna talk for this one. It is a beautiful tapestry of everything I love in science fiction and also murder. Yeah. So after an an eventful interrogation last episode, Larson awakes to find himself tied up and gagged and being tended to by Shoya, who is the sister wife of his old friend Loyally Co from the start of the story. Suddenly, a human comes in and starts sexually assaulting Shoya, basically. That was, that was fucking terrifying to me. And I love that they mm -hmm. upped to the stakes that way and then turned it into a moment of just pure retribution for that kind of act. Yeah, yeah. She pulls a big fuck-off knife from a bandage <laughs> on her leg and jams it through the bottom of this guy's jaw and into his brain and then clearly slashes it out. So he's like, oh, God, this took a lot of meat with it. You got to think and calls him an animal. Oh, God, it's so wonderful. She's here to save Larson. Let's go. <laughs> Meanwhile, the evil Archduke Newman and his blonde henchmen are checking out the exploded head of Inquisitor Cheadle as they plan Larson's fate, but then get news that Larson has escaped and the Duke orders him found. I want his skin on my wall. I, I loved it, especially in that, like, they were talking about Cheadle and it's like, mm, this will not be... <sighs> Very cheap to come across another one of these. We'll have to buy another. Like it just felt like he's he's just oozes evil. He does get his comeuppance yeah. though. I do like that. Good evil evil princing by this archduke. Yeah, here. I mean especially when you got the flowing cape and the like broken nose. He's got the cape and the and the prince valiant haircut. You know, mm -hmm. it really adds to it. Um, so Larson and Shoya are making their way through the jungle um, as we learn that Loyally Co is dead and most of the Ganyan men, frankly, have been butchered. It's all it, it's pretty much just women and children now, many hidden in these underground warrens. But before they can say more, suddenly a laser chooms out at them. A posse of human jerks with alien dogs is right on their tail. But Larson thinks fast. He shoots a nest of coil flies that attack the humans. And the first part of this 
plan is indeed Hunger games them, Fox, the original <laughs> Hunger Games. And then he feels his connection to the All-Spirit once more. No, let's just make fl- these bees into a giant bee. The flies incarnate into a giant ant war-sized wasp, and these dudes are fucked. What I, what I love about like the explanation is that there's this... So he's he's looking at it and it is being all spirited, but it's like mm-hmm. the it's like a thought form shivering through the myth pool, folding yeah. the coil flies in on themselves, building itself a body like a jigsaw piece by threadbare piece. It's like snapping all of these bugs into a new form that then congeals into a giant murder bug. And I, it's like Absolutely. it's. It's writing like that that is just so compelling. The Archduke Newman and his henchmen are forced to ju- um to just look into the jungle and listen to the screams going on there as we see the head of one of the of like that that one blonde henchman who's sort of been the 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 leader of the henchman group and it's just sort of hanging out like disembodied in a tree oh, yeah. in the jungle. And if you look around the background here, you'll see it also just like fingers. The jungles li- yeah, littered with spare parts, individual fingers and eyeballs and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, no, they 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 decorated these people. Something bad's been happening here, indeed. <laughs> so the Duke puts in a call: move the snap, the snatch ships out of orbit, and fire up the mover grabber. He's in real like um. Oh God, who's that guy? Fuck the movie, The Professional. Oh oh uh, yeah. Uh, he was Zorg also. Oh my God. Hold on. Gary Oldman, yeah, he's going full Gary Oldman in the professional here. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> so so good, buddy. Love it. Over remember, the top. remember when he decided to play a small person? I don't want to remember that. It's impossible. Fucking tiptoes. If it's war they want, Fox, I'll be happy to oblige. A bunch of cool spaceships prepare to enter orbit, wondering what's gotten up the Duke's ass, Jesus Christ, as we see his pretty sweet murder bot full of guns and menace. Oh, yeah, no, he's like, he's like, you know, they're like, oh, we've got this thing. And he's like, send the thing. And then it shows up and it's like, cool, I'm going to ride this murder ship. Release the mover, colon, grabber. God, I love it so much. At an encampment, the Genians confirmed to Larson that that bug was an aspect of the all-spirit called the Storm of Teeth, which I like a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean, all it, of this is good shit. Yeah, it's something called the Asha Car... Karadni, it's being roused from its sleep, and thus it's time to go to the temple and summon the Hranoth to kick these guys' ass. Others disagree. They'll be safe here in the Warrens, they think, but Larson isn't so sure. And indeed, we see that the tunnels there, and we learn that the tunnels they're in all uh, run all the way to the temple. Meanwhile, these they're getting predatored right now. Absolutely, and mud doesn't save you in this predator universe. They're getting picked up on um, like heat tracking as one of the natives has this uh, woven this woven ball like maybe like I don't know somewhere between like a like maybe smaller than a soccer ball I want to say Man, but still like re, you know it's it's about the size of of a of a football but like here's yeah. here's the thing I love what this thing eventually does and the symbolism is thick T H I C C whoa. 
And so he's got this ball, the the uh, Shiraka frame, which will summon forth the Hronoth. It looks like this is um like this is about to lead to like an ethical debate about whether they should do that or not, basically. But then the fucking murder machine comes bursting through the ceiling and starts killing everybody. So we gotta run. Yeah, no, we're you gonna know, the- we're gonna cleanse these people from our. <laughs> Terminate all soft units. And that, honestly, that seems to sell a lot of these ethical questions. Um, the Snatch ships are entering Genyan orbit as Archduke Newman orders the mover grabber to pursue and kill all the natives. And we see it's quite effective in doing so, honestly. Yeah, a lot of things die. Yeah. Larson, Sh- uh, Shoya, and Karim, who's the one that made the uh, the Shiraka frame, get a move on towards the temple despite being afraid as the ships move ever closer. Newman orders them to go after Larson as the scientist and Genyans go through these tunnels, getting closer and closer to the temple. I mean, they feel the yeah. he, he goes through a vagina door. Yeah, give, give, let me get okay. there, buddy. They they feel the pull of the all spirit as they need the, as they near the temple. Indeed, entering through an extremely vaginal entryway, like like well, even more than in ABC I, Warriors. I this would is call a, it. This is I would entryway. call it an exit. They are being birthed into the temple. Mm, or they're penetrating into it oh, to deliver yeah, a seed. Oh, yeah, to deliver it. Well, because that's what I was going to mm. say. This little splish, you know, got to put the egg on the little fucking splash of water. It's very yep. sexual. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. It's, it's, like I said, thick. Mm. So this leads to a giant complex of gold and stained glass. The inner shrine, the geologic cortex, the stone brain. The all-spirit permeates this place, and Larson goes to place the Shiraka frame to open the shadow flower and raise the godhead. He does so, activating ancient mechanisms deep within the temple. They rise and power on, the sound becoming unbearable. Um, then we go to a quick, take a quick break for a double page commercial for the Alien 3 video game yeah. on Super Nintendo. And then the spit ships arrive, but they're way off course. Their navigation systems are going crazy. The frame rises from this pool that I was placed in, starts to spin, glowing bright, then explodes as Newman starts to get reports of massive of a massive power surge in the temple. We see the all-spirit, the flying platforms that surround this planet now ringing with sound and a massive neural network going from the temple complex deep into the earth below, forming itself from rocks and crystals and roots. Everything seems to be on fire as Larson describes strange neural impulses, sights and sounds that are being induced within his brain by the uh, by what's going on in the temple. Gears mesh, a pendulum swings, there's a mile-wide intake of breath, and an ancient body clock heaves into motion. The entire temple, the Hronoth, rises into the air as we see a nervous system forming of glass and rubble filling out its massive body, bringing it to life bringing it to bear. A massive form rises over the jungle as the sun sets, electricity arcing from it to the surrounding glory stones, the Hronoth risen, and it's a goddamn kaiju. Man. I love this Let, let me it's tell so you. Cool. Let me tell you. Uh, best overall art? Probably. A, it's real good, it's man. Very like likely, these... It's very likely a lock. 
definitely moving it into the spinny contention just these final parts or I, I, honestly all of fire kind i'm really like oh this is one that i kind of skipped fucking, over but i'm really appreciating it's this time so for sure. goddamn good now please take us to the burning zone Oh, yeah. So the spit ships, ships, I should say, uh, pull out of the planet. They, they, they try to leave the atmosphere as Newman looks on in terror as the sounds of both nature and destruction fade into white noise. It's so loud you can't make out individual sounds. The Hronop is reaching out through the glory stones, a spiritual chain controlled by Asha Karad... Um, uh, Kar- fuck. Uh, Karadnine, the All-Spirit. Larson realizes this. The stones are like circuits. The planet, a massive circuit board of connected energy, and they've all just switched on. The sky's on fire as the glory stones spark and disrupt the spaceships, sending them crashing down as birds are also zapped just for being in the way. Newman's seen enough and decides it's time to leave. He activates his teleporter as the Hranoth trudges through the landscape. He starts to go, but then gets a message. The post blocks are unstable. Don't transfer! Larson remembers a time in his youth when he freed some animals that were in captivity, seeing them wander uh, wander the landscape of Idaho, feeling both powerful and helpless at the same time. And he feels that same way now. In another double spread page, also like Armageddon in this uh, this 839 prog, some pretty good art actually in this prog if you're trying to find individual ones. We see Newman's teleport fail as he spits blood and then falls through the middle of one of the glory stones. A puddle of blood and bones is all that's left as the spit ships start to malfunction and explode, raining debris on the uncaring jungle. The story ends with Larson and the Genians sitting around a campfire in the dark night of the jungle with a sea of stars above in the shadow of the massive Hranoth. Larson searches the sky for stars, eventually finding Antares tiny and far away. Then the rains arrived and I lost sight of it all. The end of Firekind! What a beautiful... Like, see, this is what I mean in terms of, like, getting out of the way. Like, there's... So much text mm-hmm. within Firekind, right? But it is enjoyable to read, not just from the fact that there is symbolism in the words and symbolism mm-hmm. in the art, but how they marry together to make something that is wholly insane. This is great sci-fi, yeah. I would argue. Oh, oh. I really want to say, um, like that, that I, I, I feel like I give John Smith, the writer, a really hard time sometimes, especially just for, um, like his work in specials and animals and stuff like that, where he often comes in, like he's sort of the main text piece writer these days. And he just sort of comes in, does something with some body horror, like some weirdness and then, and whatever. And it's sort of, you know, I'll skip over it and stuff, but, or let not skip, you know, whatever. I don't give it its due sometimes, but he's, he's, his, He's so great when it comes to these kinds of like building up to an apocalypse mm-hmm. and some sort of giant terrifying moment kind of thing. It's a similar thing that we've seen in um, in Cinnabar, that, oh, that Rogue yeah. Trooper story. Oh, yeah. Or Cinnabar a, was fantastic. Yeah, or a, or a killing time too. You know, these moments where you have a story and like at the start it can feel kind of wordy or well, kind of like I don't really know what's going and on. And then it spins out of control. 
Yeah, and those are sort of like whatever. Those are like the initial slow steps to this like massive cli- the massive climax at the end where there's just so much stuff going and then the words become like there's something that is so climactic and terrifying that all the words then become so they feel more integral. like um, yeah, like they, they, I'm just trying, like, I don't know, to me, they feel like a, um, like when you're seeing something terrifying and overwhelming and you just have to like, just throw words out there just to kind of contain and get a scope of what you're mm-hmm. seeing happening and stuff like that, you know? And so I really love the end of this and just this feeling of this giant monster arising and destroying everything and stuff. And then just, you know, the, the, the grant. Yeah, and the, and then the peacefulness afterwards. But I want to say that like the the groundwork that's been laid in this story of all these sort of like alien terms and Genyan things and stuff like that, um, then kind of they get it's like laying all these cards on or it's like putting down all these dominoes to then like knock them over for the big climax yeah. and stuff so that you, you know when they're talking about the all spirit and the thrown off and stuff you're like oh yeah like like we've they've talked about this we've heard about these sorts of things in the past and stuff and now we're seeing it happen we're seeing just the power of it you know exactly. it, 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 i i remember early in the or earlier in the story when when larson was being banished and they sort of talked about like, you know, if it comes down to it, like like we can take care of ourselves, like we can protect ourselves, the Genyans say. And just seeing it as this like giant thing that they're able to summon and stuff well, is and, so and, neat. Well, it's, it's really cool. It's the juxtaposition of all of the people that Larson is associated with, this massive and expansive technological empire, right? Yeah. Yeah, there really is pieces of it, but you definitely know that there's much deeper stuff going on. There, there for is sure. this organic element to the planet, right? But mm-hmm. not insignificant in comparison, right? So you're you're taking this organic and you're taking technological, and it's technological superiority. We like who even fucking cares about the dragons at this point because. That's kind of what all of this was spurred on from. Yeah, but, I was. But I they was had say, nothing. Actually, they had yeah. nothing to do with the end of it, right? And so it is that it's sort of this concept that you assume that by gaining technological advantage, by growing and and being able to harvest planets and stars and things of this nature, it's like well, also there could be an entire planet that, much like circuitry, is completely interconnected in a way that we may not fathom that is completely Mm -hmm. and uh, like wholly able to bring you to your knees, regardless of how much you have kind of gained. And that to me is staring into the maw, right? It's staring into this, this abyss of just like, look, yes, you've gained everything. You can do anything, but that doesn't mean that you're powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, to me, it's this really elegant way of saying like, okay, You've got all of this. And and even Larson trying to save everything, trying to understand everything, understands very little. And in the mm-hmm. presence of this is, is fucking odd. And what isn't yeah. then explicitly stated is this is good or this is bad. It's not saying like, hey, organic good, earth good, like this thing good. It's like, no, man, like. It's, yeah, it's what it's, it is. It's, it's being left with something terrifying and sort of in place because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, that, you know, the ending, like you said, is very, is 
like kind of peaceful and almost melancholy or something or like i don't know very like in shock almost i mean i think this, you're you're witnessing a, a god it's not a, a triumphant civilization no. it's, it's 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 not a triumphant celebration at the end it's like looking over what they've lost and then yeah being in the presence of this like massive force that that make that i guess that, that dwarfs you or could make you feel well, very, and, and very this it, is the thing significant i think those the people that we've been kind of looking into this entire time right the the inhabitants of the planet are no different mm. than the birds that got incinerated or the fish in the sea where we mm. where we started originally because the dominant force on this planet is the planet itself right yeah so it's like it, it doesn't like all of this dragon bullshit didn't matter they that's that's as important as the trees and the fucking sand there because the rest yeah, of the will, planet basically okay. awoke. Yeah, I I will say if there's one thing and 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 you've touched on it, I think if there's one like little complaint I have is that there that like they do kind of drop all the dragon stuff very early. I, I think in com- in comparison to just how much dragons appear in like the marketing for this. Okay, story, so so yes, like, I so I agree or, with or that. where we think the story comes from and stuff like I, that. I agree with it in terms of like the marketing and it's like this dragon. It it. So they were. So if we look at this as a story, right? The the yeah, all, not, of, I, all of I don't think it's really a knock. I just think it's no, that it's no. Just, I think no. That's you know. a that's honestly it's a good call up because I feel like the beginning of the story was all a feint, right? Like this, like hey, I'm mm-hmm. this biologist and I'm here and I'm doing this thing and there's all these words and there's all this setup and there's all this tradition and there's all this blah blah blah, right? All of it mm-hmm. was there because you you. There was no way for us to know how it was going to end. All of that setup is almost meaningless, Mm. right? The Mm. tidbits, the little pieces that were dropped throughout the story led us to this point, not the overarching pieces of like, oh, well, there's this fucking like... It's basically what is it? Uh, the whale gristle or um, yeah, ambergris, ambergris, ambergris right? Whatever. Like it's effectively ambergris. That's the reason that these bad guys came here and fucked up the planet. That's why everyone was coming. Yeah, but all of that was the red herring to what actually could could happen. It's like, why are you worried mm-hmm. about this shit? There's an unspeakable, unknowable force that's here, right? Like yeah. the whole planet itself. Technically speaking, literally alive. Yep. And that to me is, it's Absolutely. it's a beautiful, I mean, and I know that we're taking such an aside on this. Firekind is so worth people reading, I think. And I came in, you, yeah. you know how I was for those first couple issues. I was like, no, nah, mm, this is like a lot. No, it's very much. I'm interested. I'll be interested to hear. Um, I, I, I imagine I'll do a collection. Of this one. This is very much a uh, like a a story of three parts in certain terms of how you're feeling about this. Yeah. One, I think, well, I mean, I but that's like it's a great. We're definitely structure. seeing this story. Like, yeah, like like w- win you over in the course of of these progs. But I but think. I think that's I feel like you're very skeptical going but in. That's a good story, right? Like that again. It's mm-hmm. it's that you know when you first start a book. You know, you don't really know what you're getting into and you're like, nah, okay. But once you're really in the thick of it and then there's some interesting shit, the best part is, is that there has to be some kind of turn. And the way that this one turned, like, like you said, it's a fucking kaiju, but like that's, yeah. that wasn't, so but that's I mean, cool, man. It like, is fucking know. awesome, but, but it also wasn't <laughs> where, I was, where I was, where I was, I was like, not, I'm not like, holy shit, anything, you know? there's this. Like the mm-hmm. author and the artist and the letterer, right? Like they are 
all in unison, like there is clearly so much subtext to this story mm-hmm. and the art oh, yeah. and the writing. It's just, it's so good. It's so quality. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'd love to hear someone who's like better at this stuff than, than that, than me at least go back and do some and talk about some of the symbolism stuff. I would I'm love that. About, I would love someone to tear I'm apart of, fire kind. Like, like, like I'm thinking like, I'm imagining some similarities of between um the 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 frame they use to summon the Hranoth and like when we see oh, that yeah. ritual of like reproduction with like the the egg that gets like moved around and stuff like oh, that. I think yeah. that's sort of an interesting that's an interesting like um similarity well, and, or whatever. And that the like, god, like those two things rhyme. The god symbolism never shows up again, right? This isn't a fish. This isn't a fish nosed god, right? Where did that yeah. come from? Like we see the face, like we saw the face last time, but it's just there's different aspects of it, I guess. You know, I'm interested. Yeah, and then what does the doorway and the body fucking mean, right? Like, there's tons. Yeah, there's so much here that I feel like is worth tearing apart and talking to the writer, the artist, and the litterer about because there were discussions in that room that ultimately culminated in what I consider a very high quality science fiction. I mean. Piece of fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, excellent stuff, man. This was this this story was a really a really neat one, and I'm 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 glad that you know we ended up liking it. This one I've been please looking forward please to promise me that there a isn't a fire kind too. Tell me that this is there the is last. Not. Okay, fantastic. I mean, I we, like. We'll have a little I, bit more just because next episode we'll get the lost right, um, right. episode of, of it. I I'm just glad that, 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 that it that's ended. it for fire kind because I'm I'm big into like things ending. And mm-hmm. and this to me, it doesn't need an expansion on fucking anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, John Smith's good for that, or you know, every once in a while, it's good for just have these little one-off ones. I think for sure, um, just for these creators, uh, Paul Marshall will see around quite a bit going forward, and of course, John Smith will be back. Yeah, Marshall's next Marshall's art was for uh, Slaughter Bowl. Marshall's art was fantastic. This was fantastic. Yeah, he's, He's just getting started here in in 2000 AD. I believe. Oh no, he's been since about the 500s or so. But he's definitely one of these guys that is a 2000 AD lifer. Although you know these days, I think he's best known for work on controversial thrill Skip Tracer. But the less said about that, the better. Until we get okay. there someday. Anyway, tough with these with these crazy with these crazy climactic ends to do anything, Fox. So I think we gotta cool out for a second oh, yeah. with some non thrills, covers, and nerve centers. <laughs> Prague 36, 36 pages of in your face action. Mm-hmm. Brett Ewens draws a big bad Kano, and that's otherwise very plain cover that also lists all the thrills inside. In the nerve center, Thark says everyone loves the current thrills, but you're also going to love the upcoming summer offensive. And there's a droid profile on Brett Ewins. He likes David Bowie and Leonard Cohen and is a big fan of Thailand. So I feel like we we could hang out. What's up, Brett Ewins? Yeah. Mid-Prog, there's an ad for the Judge Dredd Mega Special, which we've already talked about, but it's this weird sort of double-sided love-hate setup, basically. So, like, one half of the comic is, like, love-themed, and then you flip it over, and the other half is hate-themed. Or, like, violent, you know, it's whatever, cool stuff. 
Yeah. In the nerve center, there's an Unforgiven Tharg, like the Clint Eastwood movie, which actually, that made me think I got to rewatch Unforgiven because that's good and I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, there's a Judge Brett Anderson, who was like the singer for the band Suede. It's then complete with letter- nipple. Mmm. Letters gone. The recent gift of a pencil over other less useful gifts. Well, another letter requests a space spinner. Other letters ask Tharg to take a test for them. Ask why and ask why Greg Staples draws people with such flat teeth, which I thought was kind of a funny observation. Because teeth, much like hands, are hard to draw. Absolutely. The prog ends with a very nice dread pinup by John Burns here with dread carrying an American flag over his shoulder. Though I'll mention that I don't know how you could hang a flag on a flagpole to have those stars and bars like fall in the way that they uh, are. In listen, this man, like I think the flag has to be upside down for the record. Yeah, no, it's it's candy striped and it's a really weird thing, especially because I think it's so <clears throat> as somebody who was in the reserve officer training corps, the um, the stars and stripes. You're correct. There are um, there are bars what each of mm-hmm. the um, white and red stripes are known as. And then yeah. the blue portion of the flag that contains the stars is called the field. Each of the stars Ooh. are stars, but they represent the states. Whereas the uh, stripes themselves, the bars, uh, there are 13 of them, which is to uh, recall the 13, 13 original, original colonies. colonies. Correct. Yeah. Man, you got, you got your flag. Thing. Flag facts. Flag facts. <laughs> facts. I mean, I'm no, the cut. union, the union Jack alone, tons of flag facts in there. Prague 837, youth TV, dread faces the Muzak as the Muzak killer himself returns in the Sturman Power cover. In the nerve center, Tharg apologizes for that printing mix up we saw last episode with Firekind and promises How to print the you. missing episode. Yeah, seriously, I'm pissed in uh, Prague 840. Although, actually, I'm kind of not pissed just for our, our episodes because I really like having the climax. Yeah, exactly. No, I loved it. It worked part. for us perfectly because fucking A. You know? I didn't need to know yes. why they breathed in the fucking planet. Like, let's... I mean, we'll do it. It'll just be a weird, random, trippy thing in the middle of next episode. Sure. Um, there's a droid profile of Jim McCarthy, who's like the le- co-artist for, mm-hmm. for Kano. He likes staying up late, Hammer Horror, Hammer Horror and The Move. Mid-prog, there's a general ad page, with including a pretty fun looking to me, a Duke Nukem-style uh, battle camp ad. Northamptonshire's <laughs> best value paintball site. I mean, listen, <laughs> as somebody who has played paintball in the past as a child... You know, uh, there was one time that it, outside of Santa Barbara, there's a bunch of paintball fields that you can go to. And uh, okay. one time they they asked us children, children. I want to really underscore yeah. that. I was about 12, maybe, <laughs> maybe 14. They were like, oh, well, we've got some expert paintballers here. And like, do you want to go against them as a team? And we're like, yeah, OK. <laughs> they had automatic paintball guns. That's amazing. No, Listen, no, it as- wasn't. It hurt like fuck. Because they wait, got wait, us, no, and I, I was welted throughout my entire stomach because of those fuckers. This feels, this feels like, what's that fu- that, that saying? Uh, uh, tragedy plus distance equals comedy, you know? Where where for you, it's very, it's a, it's a bad day. Oh, but everybody else, it's it. hilarious. 
but but you telling me this story, just the idea of a bunch of kids getting fucking mowed down by a bunch of grown-ups seems pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was it was not great for your boy. <laughs> I, 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 God, this is an aside, but I, I just saw a tweet um, the other day that said... Um, to all the people who um, laugh at picture at a at a videos of uh, toddlers falling down, there's a special part of hell for you, and I will see you there. <laughs> we, I laugh along as well. I don't know. I thought that was pretty good. Anyway, I mean, oh, I, yeah, who likes watching toddlers fall down? They cry afterwards. No, no, it's very funny, Fox. Okay, especially if it's very if it's very low impact, like if they definitely aren't hurt or anything like that. I mean, falling down Just, isn't funny. I, I just, I don't find it funny. All right, all right. You know what? This. We're, fine. We're fine. <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta strongly listen, disagree. Listen, as, as a man who, fun. as a man who finds farts very funny, I find farts incredibly hilarious. I have nothing, like I, I've got no, I've got no defense here, right? Like, yeah. you love well, you. You know, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. There's that physical stuff, like, as someone who has laughed so hard that, like, I fell I fell out of my chair watching, like, just some random shit in America's Funniest Home videos as, like, a grown-up. Like, oh, God. Like, I've, I've Any, got a much more big slime Anything that needs a thing. doink sound or a sound effect applied to it, to me, I'm just like, okay, well, would it have been funny? Nah. Without. That's amazing, though. Get the boing. That's great. Boing. <laughs> Speaking of puerile humor, in the input page, some bird droppings think they're above the law of Judge Dredd. And there's also a picture no of a Judge. <laughs> there's also a picture of a Judge Dwayne Dibley, the nerdiest judge of all, who's a uh, a character from the show Red Dwarf, which I would also highly when recommend. When are we getting a Judge Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh man, that'd I mean, be, ima- that'd I imagine if there's, be a pretty. If there must be when we get to like I mean whatever oh you're not now you've got me talking about professional wrestling Fox like you know ninety late ninety seven that's when he becomes sort of the Rock the character oh, he's, um, he's, I think the, this, he's the people's chosen man champion yeah I mean at this point ninety three I think Dwayne Johnson he's either still actually like getting injured playing college football or sort of reaching yeah and his eventually own personal, and eventually being his own in personal rock and eventually playing Canadian football. and eventually uh starring in an episode of uh Star Trek Voyager yeah no that was in 98 though that's after the rock becomes the no rock. I, well actually maybe in 99 because i think it was around the same time as when smackdown premiered on a upn because that was also i just, I just wanted on. to talk about star trek for a second me too listen got these venn diagrams overlap <laughs> buddy we got to get going though this is taking this is far too long for a non-thrill section yes. <laughs> um Anyway, letters ask some pretty obvious questions about bad company. Read the back issues, loser. There's wow. Also, they also ask what what toothpaste. That's what I said. Not not dark. Dread uses. They ask what toothpaste Dread uses. How often Magruder has to shave and compliment Firekind and ask for more dragons in 2080 generally mm. and for more Glenn Fabrian slain and he'll be back soon. The prog ends with a pinup of Rogue Trooper colon Friday version with uh, Byron Smith and Friday will return in Prague 850 Fox. Oh, God, I'm so not looking. I know you love Friday, but you have to wait a little bit longer. God damn it. 
Frog 838, Simon Jacobs provides a Armored Gideon cover. It's a right riveting read, and the Nerve Center Thargus begins plugging the upcoming summer offensive rollout, which we'll see next episode, starting by talking about the thrill Maniac 5, which we saw kind of a teaser story for in the sci-fi special this year. Um, there's also a droid profile on Simon Jacob. He likes the band XTC and Ty Curry. So even more than oh, Brad Ewens, I feel like me and Jacob could hang out quite a bit. I mean, who the, doesn't love Ty Curry? I, I'm a big yeah, fan of Masaman. Oh no, Penang all the way. Buddy. I mean, Penang's great. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, I like, like me a Masaman Curry, especially the potatoes and the, and the fucking peppers sure. and everything. I think great. I haven't found it in your in in England, but I was back in the still oh God getting in, in the states. I was getting into this into a cow soy, which is Ooh. like kind of a, a thinner yeah. a thinner Thai curry soup with like noodles and stuff in it. Very good. Oh, I got like they. I got one that was again my my classic thing of just saying like uh, like like make, like give, give me the hot one. I mean, they, listen, like, destroyed I, me. Well, I, I listen. I love a spicy like Tom Ka. Like a Tom Kai guy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Sure, so great. Love Thai food. It's oh, just man. it's just the um, best food. That's the problem. It's the best. There's food. one right around the. There's one like that. That or no? There, there's one that's literally next door to me. But then the better one is about a block for me, and it's all I can do. To not you heard it here first, folks. The city Fight of eels. <laughs> Fight it out, Ely Thai places. Figure it out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the input page is a trio of pictures of Anderson Dread and Death's Head. Anderson rules, okay. And this one's by Zach Williams, but I'll assume that it isn't Robin Williams' son. Um, there's also a picture of a weird zenith with X-Men eyes, like just the eyes with, with all whites, mm-hmm. basically. Letters ask how Tharg keeps his hair white. Give Tharg props in like inverted commas and requested a 2080 mug. Note um, there's an Atari game called the Glass Buttock of Tharg out there. Oh. And yeah, I, I found it on YouTube. It looks weird. And mentions the connections between the Kano story and parts of the Odyssey. Okay. Which is a bit high class for me, buddy. The. Prague ends with a sweet pinup of Finn by Paul Staples, all shadowy, dark, and lit by moonlight. But then, Fox, oh God, no! Can we just? We didn't have to go <laughs> into an this. Eight-page bonus teaser of the dang Sonic comic. All your favorite superstars are here, and you could win a free Sega CD, Fox. Mm. There's comics for Sonic. There's some dog fighting action in a Shinobi comic. I mean, Shinobi is the by best John game other than Golden Axe on Genesis. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, um, there's also a Golden Axe. I uh, know, uh, it's cartoon. awesome. Golden Axe is dope. It's, Shinobi is dope. How come the main guy in Golden Axe is called Axe Battler when he uses a sword, Fox? Because <sighs> it's a surname and he's just skewing tradition. Oh, so like his first name's Axe. Okay, so listen, I'm intrigued by this thing. All right, Fox, if just because this comic has original content by UK folks instead of just reprints of American comics or something like that, and it's a lot of like some of the secondary or like or like not top, not quite top flight guys mm-hmm. in in the progs, I guess. Like Nigel Dobbin does a lot of things and stuff like that, or some of the guys from uh, from Wireheads as well. Prog 839, Paul Marshall draws what could be Larson's last stand as the human being stands before the fiery shape of the Hronoth trial by fire kind. In the Nerve Center, Tharg talks about this, um, another summer offensive story, this time really and truly by Grant Morrison and Ryan Hughes. 
There's a droid profile of Peter Milligan, who proposed... Oh, geez, hold on. Who proposes a quantum mechanical approach, just what the heck Tharg's problem is. Mid-prog, there's an ad for Dark Horse Comics' Manga Mania, in case you need your, your, your Godzilla comics, plus a cure and Appleseed. There's also an ad for the Summer Offensive, featuring Big Dave's Boot... And a full recolor of the of that classic 2000 AD Future Worlds poster in Best of 2000 AD. And I should say that another version of that poster is actually like being sold by Rebellion if you get a subscription oh, to shit. 2000 AD in the magazine. Cool. It's a cool thing. Um, I've got like I bought I, I was at a, a comic mart and bought um, like about half of the of the progs that make up that um, poster, but they only took cash and I didn't have enough cash to buy the rest of them. So I'll get them at a future point and try to make a real life version of that one. Destroy their collectability. Um, the input page is a picture of Tharg joining the Reservoir Dogs team God, as Mr. Green. I forgot that that was like a thing at this time. Although I do, see... I do like that Mr. Pink looks a lot less ratty than he did in the movie. That's, you know, give, give Steve Buscemi a break. You know? Steve Buscemi is see... not a rat looking dude. He wanted to make himself look like a rat looking dude for that film. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. And we're going to Steve Buscemi is the reason that Boardwalk Empire is fucking awesome. OK, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, and we're going to see more Reservoir Dog stuff as 2018 yeah, goes I by. I mean, this is in the input page. And I think even like next episode, actually, this, I mean, this is a, a this is the, this is the start of Tarantino, but certainly in my mind, not his magnum opus. Right. Like he's still I mean, on a on a fucking killing streak as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Reservoir Dogs is 92 and I think Pulp Fiction's 94. Yeah. Jackie, yeah. Jackie so Brown was a right bit, the height a bit after that, right? Yeah, that's like '96 or so. I'm like, all my all my stuff is like oriented to whether I had moved to California yet when the movie came out in my memory. Um, anyway, um, letters joke about um, just common types of letters that don't get printed, like sort of like I it, like it's a letter that's like, hey, could you do a school project for me and like accept my submission or something. Um, Several questions are asked in the mode of Bill and Ted, and there's an extended poem asking for a mug in a letter. Okay. But we're giving out caps these days, baby. The prog ends with an ad for Army of Darkness. And this ad, of course, looks very awesome, but it's not quite in the reason yeah. why Army of Darkness is awesome, if that makes sense to I you. I don't know if <laughs> Army of Darkness was my favorite of the film. It is for me, just it, because I'm not a huge horror fan. No, you know? I know. Yes, absolutely. And like, and I, like I, I saw, mean, I love Ash. Oh, sure, go ahead. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, again, <clears throat> the the whole movie, great. It was just more comedic than I would have liked. See, that's what I loved about it. For me, Army of Darkness came out. It was like, it came out in the summer I was 12, which oh, really yeah. adds a lot. Well, I mean, to that's a great movie for a 12-year-old. Myth, myth making for, for, your, for like your childhood or something. But I remember seeing it and it was like a revelation almost just in terms of like taking all of this very serious action stuff. Like, uh, like for me, Army of, Army of Darkness is less a horror movie than an action movie Yo, like yeah, Crow or something like that. Like, look, uh, it is why I aspire to this day to have any D&D character I make to eventually lose a hand to then have it replaced yeah. with something awesome. 
and just taking all the tropes of those and making jokes about them and like you know that big like Harryhausen finale fight and oh, stuff yeah. it's all just so fun it's such a great such a great movie I, I'm you know whatever like it's pre- I'm preaching to the this choir is, of anyone listening this to this is podcast, not me I'm saying sure. that this is not an excellent film it's one of the best films I've ever fucking been witness to yeah right? I mean you know I feel like Evil Dead Evil Dead 2 is also real good but just for different reasons they're, they're different genre. it's a it's a rare like actually I guess like like Alien and Aliens right where a movie a, a sequel to a movie changes genre basically I mean I, I, I love I love that thing. as a heel turn honestly you got it you got to be yeah, fresh no. I mean listen definitely gremlins 2 arguably the best gremlins is mm-hmm. just more gremlins it's much more comedic mode yeah it, I mean it's just more gremlins right mm. army of darkness is like yeah okay for sure. instead of just saying more ash we're just gonna make it all about ash but also hey welcome to the medieval times also face down yourself in like a windmill and you're the like it's just fucking it's a mind fuck of a movie it's great absolutely all right and then to a side we're back to thrills buddy okay (laughs) gotta be careful Anyway, let's talk about something that I do want to talk about, and then let's end the episode. Ha <laughs> ha, no such luck, buddy. Fuck. Thrill for Purgatory. Hell yeah. God damn if I don't love Purgatory. And also, oh this my God. Fun. Oh my God, poor Freddy. Very sad, yeah. Script robot Mark Miller, art robot Colors of Scare, letting robot Glib on the penal colony of Saturn's moon Titan. Hippie prisoner Kaufman has killed one of the judge guards with a space jackhammer, and the other guards are not pleased, Fox. They beat the crap out of him with day sticks, and then one of the guards finds Kaufman's pet rat, no! Freddy. Let's make him eat it! God, it's so horrible. Gross. Poor Freddy. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the high security area, it looks like Judge Grice is in trouble, lying on his cell floor with a bloody neck. The guards think he's cut his own throat somehow, but it's just a ruse. When they open the cell, he comes up fighting, choking one guard and punching his fist deep into the face of another one. He's Punisher Warzone. He punched through the visor. Which I imagine is like bulletproof and shit, so yeah, can't be good absolutely. for your fist. Have you seen... If you haven't seen Punisher Warzone, also you got to see that. Right. They, they fucking got a parkour guy gets rocket launchered. Oh, it's so good. He anyway, Grice is free, and a lady prisoner says to free the rest of them too. And it seems he does. In the yard, Kaufman weeps as his face and hands are covered in the blood of his only friend. Oh. No more Mister Fancy Vegetarian now, eh? Oh. As we see the prisoners from solitary taking out security cameras and recovering weapons from fallen guards and guard stations. Here's the plan. Kill them all. Uh, That's not. I mean, what about the logistics? We need supplies. We need to make sure that everybody's got enough ammo in order to keep killing them all. Right. Like we have to think of this (laughs) strategically, not just tactically. You know what I mean? Shut up, nerd. (laughs) Deep in the prison. No, you're cool, buddy. Come on. You're right, for the record. Governor Kurtz is electrocuting a dude for fun when reports of the riot reach him. Lay out my battle uniform. I I want to handle this one personally. I loved that command. Lay it out so that I can get it. Like, you know, just, oh, I'll observe it and stroke it with my fingers. Oh, I'm going to put it on and it's going to look exactly the same as what he's wearing now, just for... 
like to be specific. Now it's, now it's velour though, or something. It's velour. Mm, that's good. That's good velour. Mm, velour. An alarm goes up over Titan. <laughs> <laughs> the convicts keep fighting their way out. Eventually, they come to a giant steel door locked by a retinal scan. But luckily, they got eyeballs lying around. So Grace is able to demolition man his way past the lock. So fuck. I love demolition man. Did you know that? Yeah, uh, it's I good. love this is the this is the 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 episode of asides. So because uh, I feel like we've talked about this before, but uh, mm-hmm. so. The European and American versions were different. We have talked about this. Yeah, I know we have. Yeah. Okay. The, the restaurant they go to, it's, it's Taco Bell in America. But it's but Pizza everywhere Hut. else, it's Pizza yeah. Hut. Yeah. Funny. Love that. <laughs> Love that weird little difference. Why don't they just make it Pizza Hut everywhere? I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like those are all owned by the same brand. I mean, now. Something. Definitely. I feel like ta- every restaurant being Taco Bell is just too solid. Also, to, for the to love of fuck, as somebody who's driven through California multiple times and has been to a Taco Bell KFC franchise like connected to each other, yeah. why are they not serving tacos with fried chicken? Don't get it. Anyway, please continue. Mm, fair. Especially the combinations. That's oh, what I'm talking about. about. It's the greatest insult. Oh my that god! They, um, stop serving the Mexican pizza. Oh my you know? god! But anyway, no, it's a, it, the Kentucky Fried Chicken biscuit as a taco. Whoa! Yeah, that's you. You have to DIY that one, otherwise we put everyone else out of business. <laughs> Kaufman, uh, Kaufman, uh, so, uh, where am I? Intimidation man's way. Uh, so the door opens to the workyard where they meet a bunch of other convicts and dudes are just getting their heads fucking exploded into a million pieces Ugh. as these fights go. Kaufman kills one of the guards for his rat as Grice and that dude Windsor meet up and it's clear Grice does not care about Windsor in the slightest. No. So that was pretty funny. The convicts split up into small groups and soon Grice and his pals have taken the control room. From there, it's easy to just open up all the cells and soon the psychos here will turn this hellhole into a graveyard. Hashtag eat the rich. Get at it, boys. Yeah. Some of the cons are uh, fighting their way through the facility, going after the med labs there, apparently, led by Lady Convict uh, Bundy, though this uh, who's in the I, I, in solitary with Grace. I just wondered. There's something important down there. I just yeah. want her to hold me in her big fucking muscular arms and rock me to mm. sleep. Totally. In the control room, they destroy the monitoring satellite over Titan as Kaufman says, hey, man, I'm a pacifist. And we get a pretty good page of just insane convicts killing their way through these judges. They arrive at the judge sleep machines, but as they start to kill the judges as they rest. Naughty, um, naughty, naughty. <laughs> the, the governor shows up and just blasts them all away with his elite troops. Back in the control room, they're torturing a guard, but before they sort of really start cutting shit off of him, Kaufman injects him with something to make him talk. <clears throat> the guard reveals that Kurtz found some kind of alien bomb it's in the, the center ultimate, of Titan. Apparently, it is the ultimate deterrent for Meg, Meg, Big Meg One. Like, yeah, it, it, it will be, I guess. It seems like just the fallout from it melts you into a puddle and kills you in a week. They call it the meat virus, and they're sort of doing research on it here. And I guess that was what all those limbless dudes we saw earlier in the story, just to try to better weaponize it to turn it I'm, into I'm Megacity guessing this is deterrence. coming back. Mm, we'll see where it goes. Grice laughs. It's too good to be true. As Windsor asks if he's being serious. Meanwhile, the wave of prisoners has been slaughtered and all the governor can do as he stands among their murdered bodies is cry out Grice's name in increasingly Grice. large fonts. Grice? Grice? 
Grace! Fantastic. Kurtz checks in with the guards at the meat virus. They've got 50 men and a detonator that'll destroy this whole place. So whatever. Very confident until a big vehicle comes crashing in through a wall and the guard set, tries to explain the deal with the detonator, but just gets kicked in the face. <laughs> like, who cares what you say? This is why you and need a dead man switch, not a press I, button. Literally in my notes, it says that's why you need a dead man <laughs> switch. Great minds, baby. Great minds. In the sewers, Grice demonstrates his evilness by killing one of his own guys that sort of got hit in no, the leg and, or something. And like... It's the stuttering guy. And I'm like, man, because, you know, you know, my stance on this. Like I have friends with lisps and with stutters. And it's like it's always used as a punchline. Right. Like, oh, you know, this is how I talk. I myself for sure. Well, and this is the I thing. Got, it's I got like sympathy. I know people who can't say S's like S. Right. They say F. And it's like it's not a joke. It's not funny. Yeah. I don't find it to be, funny. be an asshole. Come on. Yeah, no, I agree with that, although falling down is still funny. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Farts are still funny. I sh- deep, deep, deep cuts to books. This is like um, like Game of Thrones book twoing somebody, oh. I feel like, when someone can't catch up and being like, you'll have to carry me. And like, no, I'm just going to kill you, buddy. Yeah, Get out exactly. of here. Um, but also, again, Grice definitely just demonstrating his evilness. You got to demonstrate that evilosity here. He must be a very good judge. Mm. Um. Oh, but, oh God. Gee, come on. Where am I at? Kills that guy. Oh, and then but suddenly it doesn't matter because they're all hit by a big tidal wave in the sewers. Meanwhile, the convicts have secured the meat bomb and are loading it into a truck. When that one guard that was knocked out comes to and activates the bomb, this whole place will explode in 25 minutes. That's enough time to get the a taco cons- and leave, you know? It's definitely like you could take a leisurely stroll the escape pods with 25 like give me a break yeah, that's run. like an episode of tv when you take the commercials out yeah exactly <laughs> um the cons in the sewer recover but windsor's diary is ruined so there goes the story the storytelling conceit from the start of this story and suddenly kurtz shows up Things are looking bad and get worse when Kaufman shoots Windsor right at the base of the neck, just blowing out his whole head and stuff. It's a pretty awesome. Sorry, Grace. Like, like, yeah, man. Listen, the vegetarian's doing a double cross. Yeah, he's working for the guards. Never trust a hippie. He also shoots Grice in the back and the governor kicks him and pulls out an electric baton. Things don't look good. Yeah, but they'll be fine. Our prison breakers. They're going to be fine. They're going to get out of here. I already, I'm calling it. This is a fox call it moment. Fox call it moment. Mm, what do you think they're going to do when they escape? Uh, they're going to take that bomb and fly away and uh, go to Mega City One and start a new epic, I hope. Yeah, how long do you think it's that's going to take for that to get started? You think it's going to be a long term thing? I think they're, they're going to go right so, away. So, so here, okay. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the cynical part of me first, and then I'm gonna do mm-hmm. what I hope happens, right? Because I, you okay. know, I love an epic. So here's the cynical part: they're gonna blow up in space or get melted, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, they're just gonna get shot down. Now, the hopeful part of me is like, because obviously the warden is gonna get the shit beaten out of him in the next episode mm-hmm. like that's just gonna happen like when you see the quote bad guy wheeling down on this dude like he's gonna beat the shit out of him we know it uh and he's gonna kill the hippie guy um mm-hmm. what i hope happens is they take that bomb and they're gonna go to mega city one and that starts a new epic where it's like no one really knows that they're coming but maybe somebody mm. gets the distress signal out 
I'm hoping for like a longer term thing because, hey, holding a whole city hostage with a meat bomb, probably a pretty great way for this guy to say, I just well, because he wants to be a judge still. Right. Like he's like, I yeah, like this is a thing. He he hates dread specifically. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. So events of the uh, the election and stuff. So he's going to huff his own farts, I hope, and then become, you know, want to become like, hey, we're going to start this judge thing over. We're going to get rid of all this democracy, et cetera. And what way better to do that with them? with a meat bomb. Um, nice. All right. I, that's what I hope Let's happens. See we'll see what happens. Uh, but I, again, the cynical part of my brain, I think that this is probably going to end pretty quickly. My hope is that, again, it's, you know, this is a Nascara thing. I I like this comic being drawn by Nascara because, you know, he's always had kind mm-hmm. of a, a chip on his shoulder for the, for old JD. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of cut out of it. So I love, yeah. I love the story. And that the character's coming back. And I'm hoping that's a longer term thing. Yeah, I think this is a real, I think a really interesting thing in this story is how, like, they're doing a lot to make Grice seem like a bad guy also, I guess. Because uh, conditions in this prison are so bad that you could clearly have a Harry 20 story of, like, heroic prisoners. Like rioting and stuff, but I think they're doing enough to make these guys, the the convicts themselves, also be evil. That it's sort of main. It's like it's like it's like two heels fighting in a wrestling thing or something. Well, like exactly, that, you know? and I I feel like that that's really what pushes this story through. Is that like, look, everybody on this moon is bad. Yeah. Everybody. All right, we'll see how it goes. We'll <laughs> definitely get a answer to that question next episode. I, I'll tell you that. Much. I, Very I, exciting. I feel like it's going to be lackluster, but I'm still hopeful. You know, one way or another, it's 93, so lackluster is always a possibility. Speaking Fox. of lackluster. <laughs> Indeed. 305, Kato. It, God, Sk- please go ahead. Script about Peter Milligan, art about Brett Ewens and Jim McCarthy, letting about Ellie DeVille. I know that we led with this, but what a fucking disappointment. It never happened. Did it really ever happen? Who cares? Fucking mm. wet fart of a fucking comic. I like, mm-hmm. listen, I, and this isn't me shitting on Milligan, uh, Ewens, McCarthy, or DeVille. Great people in their own right, but God, what this story sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Fair, yeah. I've got some I've got some feelings about it too, but let's get to yeah. it, I guess, first. Um Kano goes to meet with the leader of the mutated Frankenstein Corps. He wants them to stop hurting all these humans, but he doesn't want to fight. And he doesn't want to fight. But the boss of the Corps does. Kano does some judo stuff and gets the better of a Frankensteiner dude, but then just throws him back. He really doesn't want to kill. And the core members are frankly all in pretty bad shape and will probably die soon no matter what. The leader says they're going to head out and offers Kano a chance to come with them. They'll leave and head to an area of the planet full of demon-like animals and they'll just die hunting them and it'll be very cool. But Kano says no because he's got to go take care of his son, especially after you Frankenstein core guys killed my wife. And when when the leader of the Frankensteiners hears that, and like, man, we killed your wife and you don't want to kill us? Like, geez, okay, yeah. I guess I buy your pacifism. Um, he then apologizes and they all go walking off into the jungle. Back with bad company, Thrax says that old soldiers don't die. They just get fat and soft. And then the ghosts of bad company all disappear as well. Back in town, Kano says the monsters are gone and asks about his son. And there's some pretty funny side glances as people try to figure out how to tell him this. But buddy, your son and your wife were both ghosts. (sighs) 
dude. Obviously. Of course they were. Come on, man. Are you dumb? God damn it. Unable to accept this, Kano digs up his wife's cough with his bare hands. And yep, it's empty. He rages and is like, does this mean they didn't exist? I'm just a lowly, frustrated, insane monster. But the townsfolk corrects him. Because, man, the planet doesn't lie. It's a good planet. It's got to base its ghosts on real stuff. And then we see... The oh, little girl I also want to say, to like when he picks up the playing with her mom, when he picks yeah. up the co- uh, the coffin, the his right thumb is on the wrong side. It looks like a left oh, hand. Oh no! Yeah, it's weird. Be careful. Yeah, Hands so, are hard. Um, see, I've uh, tried to draw them they before. Are. They're fucking hard. Indeed, we see the little girl. Yeah, from the start of the story, has indeed come back alive as a ghost. And they just kind of figure, yeah, that the wife and kid must be from Kano's life from long ago. And then Kano remembers back to a version of himself from before the war, before the cruel surgery, when he was just a dude, a man who crashed his car in the rain, and his wife and child died because of it. Kano cries out both in memory and in the present, remembering the grief that had been so long buried. Three days later, Kano's wife has been reburied, and Kano's looking better. He's packed up his stuff and is moving out. He's going to find the Frankenstein Corps' ship and then head back into space and see just what the heck Danny Franks is up to these days. Uh, he's being a he he's being a big space god, right? Like, please, yeah. can we not continue this story? I'm, I'd be vaguely interested to see what Danny Frank Space God is like, what that's like. <laughs> Danny Frank Space God. Here's my business card. That's right. He says goodbye and walks off into the jungle. The end of Bad Company. Bad Company will return, but not until 2002. Okay, maybe it's better. I mean, nine years is enough for anything to happen, basically. I've got uh, no idea what that return bad company is. I've not read I, it. I'm think just about it. hoping it's not this bad company. Because mm-hmm. bad company Kano was bad company in my house, and I wanted to go away. <laughs> I mean, I think this could have been interesting if it had been closer to regular, to, to the like bad company two or whatever. Sure. Um, as it is, it just feels very weird, like just a very wordy thing about grief, basically. Well, but, it, but it's not even like a good like PTSD story, right? Like if mm-hmm. if this had been written by someone who had gone through something like that, it, I feel like it would have been deeper and had more meaning. Ghosts of the past, ghosts of the, yeah, the thing. Yeah, I mean, those are topics that Milligan covers a fair amount, but this one, I don't it know. It just, just weird, doesn't do it very well. And again, it... it to me, at the end of reading all of this, it felt like, well, I guess who gives a shit? All of these things happened and who cares? Right? Like, it, yeah, it didn't it, matter. The, None of it mattered. Yeah, it like it was really going for this kind of like mind fuck of like, oh, but they're all ghosts. But like, honestly, I feel like you could call that very early. Like, you, you, you would clock that well, very yeah, early, they said I feel that. like. And also, like and the the every for a particular hour, everything goes back in time on the planet, and like, and they just did that okay. once. I'm just like, I don't know why why they didn't do that more times. Like, there's a lot of gimmicks going on in this story that not, and, and none of them were really well, like it's, focused on enough. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of pro wrestling. No, stuff it's okay. Well, no, no, we'll and it's only really called a gimmick <laughs> if it's overplayed, right? Like. That's what a nah. Any, everything's a gimmick in wrestling, but I understand. I understand what you in in real life. That's definitely no. I just true. mean. Yes. I just mean by the by the term, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like absolutely. It is indeed like they're they're all of these things are gimmicks because it's like oh we just or or just like shitty plot devices. 
Whereas I would have, mm-hmm. I would have loved it. Like, remember when, what I clocked at, uh, before we even start this, I'm like, oh, I hope like Kato's a, a stay at home dad and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Cause that would have been, that would have been to me a more interesting story about like Kano trying to adjust to normal life. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was kind of hoping for is like, Hey, what, what would Kano be if he had to be a normal human again? Because that's a PTSD story. And instead, and, and all these things with literal ghosts, and then reality questioning. Well, and like, and what's the whole point of reason? like the fucking people in the woods? Like that was a that is literally the largest plot point of this. Is like, oh, they were killing people, and so we have to go and kill them. Also, I shot a guy in the head. Like, and they're just weirdly like shirtless, pustule covered guys yeah, for some reason. It's just, just all this stuff. It, it didn't make sense, and it wasn't very fun. That's all. Fair. Yeah. Speaking of t- of uh, of uh, stories to horrify and delight us, Fox. Well, let's finish up with Thrill Six Thugs Terror Tales. What if I were a train that ate people? <laughs> Waiting for the night cr- train. Script robot Alan Hale. Art robot Eric Bradbury. Letter robot Tom Frame. Only time in the prog for Alan Hale that might be, and this might be a John Tomlinson uh, pen name. I like this one actually. I don't know. Um, no, I think it's fine. Late, and the art is fantastic, to be clear. Absolutely. Yeah. Late late night in London, a young man and a young woman break into a boarded up railway station called Creech Park. This is why you don't date train spotters. And have a look around. Apparently, this is where Sir Hayden Woolrich disappeared. Speaking of disappearances, I guess. And let's flash back to sepia times. Woolrich wow. was an industrialist in the 1920s and the owner of uh, department stores where he made money and enemies. I'm Most an owner notably, of department stores and I've made money as much as I've made enemies. That's right. One of them, Royce Addison. Woolrich then fell Royce in love with a chorus girl, Mia Calvert. Their relationship was the toast of London media, but she was killed by Royce Addison in the department store foyer. Uh, Woolrich learned of the murder right there at Cree Park when he was sort of waiting for his his love to arrive on the train. And then he went insane, sat on a bench just saying, I have to wait for Mia, and sat there for months, I guess, just saying her name. Eventually dragged off to the hospital, but he'd just always check, and this would always happen, but he'd check himself out and go back to sitting there, eventually becoming a national joke, losing all of his money and status. Sat there for years waiting for her, and she never came back. Because she's dead. In the present, the two lovers hear a noise, and when they look, they can't find their way out of the station. Suddenly, something old and rotten comes from the darkness. A monster with glowing red eyes, twisted and ageless. It grasps for the woman, growling, Mia, and then disappears into the night, though the screams continue. It only eats ladies. Nah, the young man stands alone on the platform, now empty except for himself, and goes to sit on a nearby bench and begins to wait. The story ends with a skeletal thorg head. I thought this was, you know, it's fine. Just a fun little ghost story. Uh, like, yeah. listen, I like as a child in my uh, middle school library, checked out the very well-known book. Um, uh, Scary stories to tell yeah, in the dark. Yeah, scary stories to tell in the dark. And I read through it. Scared the piss out of me, especially with the illustrations. And mm-hmm. scary stories to tell in the dark too. So, sure. Like I have a, you know me, man. I like horror movies, and not and Absolutely. not like fucking like 
what is that fucking thing like uh truth or well, you like things Ju- that, it's not yeah, truth that, or that, that can get spoopy or whatever yeah well because like truth or dare as an example like a recent fucking shitty horror movie you don't know, like these new horror movies where it's like there's no there's no real actual horror like i love a mm. horror movie i want to like i want to be fucking scared you know what i mean or or i want sure. i want something literally horrible i like i don't want to sleep that night where it's where it's you know uh uh you know like Vavitch, right like that was a fantastic mm-hmm. film that made me like have a, nightmares so when it comes to like hey ooh it's a, like a guy who is now the train looking for me i'm like okay it's fine clocked it got it uh, yeah but this one i like it, this one just cuz it is, felt like it is better than the next one but that's what yes, I'll say. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd say that, that this one in construction really feels like a uh, like a ghost story. Yes. You would tell it like a campfire yes. or something yes. like that. Right. Well, but, and that's what I like, appreciate about it is that it it does the legwork of being a ghost story. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I thought, you know, again, just sort of a little like filler or like just a side story or whatever. I thought this was fun. Um, I liked it way more than uh yeah. yeah, and I, I should say just to finish up with this one though that this one's also kind of a cool final story for artist Eric Bradbury. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's someone he's done a ton of spooky stuff in British comics and over the years, and has been with 2000 AD almost from the start. Because the monster like, design was did, did a lot of like invasion stuff back in the day, and we've seen him around doing a lot of Tharg comics as well recently, and he'll still do. A few more specials and yearbooks over the next year or a year or so, I want to say. But yeah, he's one of these old timers that um, I really like, but is also sort of reaching the end of his time here in 2080. This is his final prog. But that takes us to our final story, My The God. Tooth Fairy. Script robot Mark Miller, art robot Greg Staples, letting robot Tom Frame. So, okay, Fox, here we go. Ugh. A dude named Terry Monday, he's a saint of some kind, is in the sewers... Here to stop something or someone called Kachaldiox. Workers show him the way and they find a single dead angel, this beautiful woman with white wings and blonde hair. And Terry thinks it's just like heaven to send the amateurs first. It seems Terry's on the tail of something really nasty that was born in a boy's public school in the UK. Some fat sad acts started this gastronomy society eating various and sundry weird things. And eventually one of them said, what if we eat a ghost? Anyway, it ended poorly for them. There was an explosion and all the boys had their teeth ripped out. Because it seems the Tooth Fairy is alive, incarnate, and ripping, ripping teeth, ripping molars everywhere it goes. It's headed to New York, and so is Terry, with a special Greg's edition of 2000 AD under one arm. Anyway, back in the sewers, Tooth Fairy punches Terry and prepares to remove his teeth, but the human saint pulls a squirt gun full of holy water and dissolves the demon's good times. In the end, he did what any saint would do when confronted with a demon fox. He kicked its teeth in, and not as good as the previous story. This is just a fucking bad joke. It's a bad joke. Don't like it. It's 
It's funny that the first Terror Tale is really trying to play it straight and be like a ghost story, basically. Yeah, but this one... And this is just a humor piece full of various and sundry jokes about British stuff, basically. There's a lot of a lot of British nerd jokes in the course of this, um, this comic. Terrifying for of, Americans. Of Not terrifying, I feel, for the British youth it was intended for. Zero out of ten. Definitely one of these ones where there are a lot of jokes that I feel like actually I get them more now that I'm in England and experiencing some of this stuff versus what I would have been in America, I guess. Anyway, anyway, Ah. Fox, enough of all this. We've reached the end of these progs all the way to 839. This is the end. I must know what you're talking about in thrills, buddy. Tell me. I mean, this is fucking easy. Uh, You know what? Guys, we've, we've, we've talked a lot about this comic. This is a two-hour fucking episode easily. Yeah. Listen, my top, Firekind, without a doubt. And nice. if there was a shadow of a doubt by the time you got here, obviously you weren't listening. No, Firekind's fucking fantastic. I said all I needed to say previously. In terms of bottom, my dude, I would love to give it to Kano. Would love to. I'd love to give it to Kano because I was pretty disappointed. But, I, you know, I got to give it to Armored Gideon because it needed to last that entire amount of time. And now I still have to read more. Armored Gideon, mm. a robot and demons. This was your selling point. And so far has been neither of those two things. A robot shows up sometimes. <laughs> a demon shows up sometimes. You're not even taking the psychic photographer angle. Fuck it, right? We could just talk about anything. Let's just, you know what? Why not just make it like a a Peanuts fucking strip for all who cares? Like, it literally does not care that it's both got a great title and a great premise and just doesn't do anything with it. And it's disappointing. Mm. Highly disappointing. But Conrad, I got to ask you the same thing. Why do you agree with me? Sorry, I mean, what are your top and bottom thrills? <laughs> I mean, I'll certainly agree with you on Fire Kind. Oh, that's the end of this was so fun, and I really love talking about it and going over it and stuff like that. Um, really great stuff. Really, um, a, like I said, a thrill that I had been really looking forward to us talking about, and I'm glad that we did. And now I'm glad that we're sort of, yeah, that we're sort of finishing up with it and stuff. But really been great to, great to go over it. Awesome thrill, great writing, great art, everything you want. For bottom. Oh, yeah. Chew on it a little bit, baby, because there's a lot of poop <clears throat> down there. Mm. I'm I, I'm going to say Kano, I think, is my bottom thrill. Didn't really Thank like you. it. Didn't really saw the ghost stuff coming. Didn't wasn't really feeling it. Um, Armored Gideon is mostly saved by that one page with the big explosion and stuff like yeah. that. Like oh, that. that's fair. I, you know, I didn't take into account that there was some wildly good art in the in the comic book. <laughs> like Brett Ewens is a style that I really like. And I think, you know, obviously he's a really, he's an amazing artist and stuff, but um, there weren't a, a ton of real singular moments in this Kano story. Generally, I think, um, I think the biggest one they had was the reveal of like that one weasel dude or something that was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then one or two other things, but like there's, it's like, so it just, garbage. It's bad. Yeah, it just wasn't great. Wasn't great. Um, yeah, and, and that's a bummer for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. On the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter, we're at Space Spinner 2K for everything else, Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. And why not drop us a rating or review? Come on, it helps us out. 
This show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, and your friends at the 2008 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. Support the show and you can receive a bunch of excellent content. Hey, we and got content. Look at all this content we got. You could be having it. Come on. Just help us out here. Yeah. Totally. And then come back next time as we close out all of our current thrills Ugh. and launch the fabled summer offensive. Is that it offensive or offensive? Somehow both. This includes <laughs> the dread mini epic Inferno, plus all new thrills, really and truly, Maniac 5, Slaughter Bowl, and Big Dave. Oh, you said Big Dave bad. It's upon us. And until oh, then, I'm Connor Ace Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Okay, Start I guess it's okay. Break.